Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy, joined with my friends, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hello. All right, boys. We all survived post Thanksgiving. I'm dreaming of a white. Oh, are you Christmas? Oh, are you onto Christmas already now? That a boy. Got blizzard warnings. It is snowing like crazy right now. Yes. We survived. I survived Thanksgiving. The show goes on. I'm uh, about a good six or seven pounds heavier, <laughs> but I survived. Oh, that's weak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I evacuated all that the next day. Oh. Yes. I have to say I made a rookie Thanksgiving mistake is I tried to eat very light the night before and that morning to the point of I almost kind of starved myself and I ate way too many appetizers or oh, hors d'oeuvres no. as we were sitting around talking, waiting for dinner to be set up. So I didn't really go too crazy. Oh, I went bit. nuts. Though I did I did pretty much not eat anything going into it as well. Um, that wasn't intentional though. That was just, hey, I forgot to eat dinner the night before. And then going into it, had two Thanksgiving dinners. Went to my, my folks' house in the morning. Well, early afternoon, I guess you'd say. And then to my wife's family side for dinner. And yeah, dominated both places. The the double meal in a day. That's really, that's quite the challenge. Proud Try of to you. juggle all that food. Oh, I did it. Though I didn't have any desserts till the second stop, which I, th- I think was key. It's yeah. a choice. And what apple what, pie, pumpkin pie? Yeah, pecan, what is your what did what did you have? So, what is your dessert of choice? My mother makes a killer apple pie. It was hard to walk away Ooh, from that. Though uh, she did yeah. save me one, and I will be partaking in that at some point this week. But I jumped right into pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. where I have a a little pumpkin pie with my Ready Whip. I'm a Ready Whip fan over Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Yeah, I'm not a big Cool Whip fan. I believe you got to pronounce the H. Cool Whip. Cool whip, yeah. I've got a little bit of a hot take. Oh, no. All right. Let's let's hear it. I'm a big pie aficionado. Well, I agree. I actually get birthday pies I have for years over cake. I think pie is far superior to cake. I'm not crazy about cake, honestly, but I love pies. I I like cake, too. I think pumpkin pie (laughs) is incredibly overrated in the world of pies. That's my hot take. I think it's nostalgic okay. just for the, the time of season. Because I also like to load up with whipped cream, Cool Whip or Ready Whip. I'm a Ready Whip fan for sure. And I realized I really can't eat pumpkin pie unless it's just loaded on there. But pecan pie, probably my all-time favorite pie. Love that. Really? Yeah, I had apple. Really? Yeah. A- pumpkin pie, I Strawberry like... rhubarb is one of my favorite. Wow. My mom, my good mom hates to make that. That's a good one too. I make her make that So one. that's my take. I think pumpkin pie... Sorry, pumpkin pie. You're... Not in my top ten but would pies. You, but would you do, would you do pumpkin pie over cake? Yes, I All would right, do that. So I'd eat your heart out, cake. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that as a segment leading into the holiday season. Top ten pies. No, I think I already have my list. Just mentally prepared that list. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. Really? Well, then I have to. I have to wait for me. Maybe next podcast, I'll try to get my list together and we can ramble that down. Yeah, the great pie debates of 2018. Can, can we all? agree this has to go down as one of the worst novembers ever in terms of weather sports both everything all all of it we're not even out of november we're not even in december yet there's standing snow on the ground we're we're blizzard warnings (laughs) it keeps snowing we're we're a (laughs) solid (laughs) (laughs) so for for those of you who are wondering what that awful awful noise was it is snowing so bad. How how bad is it snowing, Mike? It's snow. It's snowing so bad the power just went out <laughs> while we were talking about how bad the snow is. So I think I think that was somebody saying how bad November really is. It's that bad. That puts a cap on how bad November is. Ugh. The power just we had a snow out. So That's speaking so of how bad. bad November is, we 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 do have corrections. Oh, okay, let's get, let's get into this. Not episode again. Before the power goes out again. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike. You mentioned uh, Ben Sheets just missed on the on the missed out on the ER title. Uh huh. I don't think he works for the ER department. 
Oh, uh, well, the earned run the, title, I guess he didn't win that because technically I had zero earned runs allowed that season. So it's really better if you take an earned run average. I was curious about whether he had like an emergency room that's title. A, yeah. Maybe he's the biggest fan. That I was mean, a good, he's heard a lot. It's a good Maybe show. he's just a regular user. All right, Andy, you said son of Al Davis is Mike Davis. Yes, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. No, oh. it's Mark Davis. Oh, gotcha. I thought Chucky, there was a Chucky lack Jr. of resemblance there. I said DiVincenzo would be back Wednesday. No, he has, he's not back yet, guys. Uh, not sure when he's going to be back, hopefully soon. I don't know what made that. you think you're a fortune teller because I don't know what you – if you were a fortune teller, I think you'd be better served buying lottery tickets and then not being, in, being here recording. Yeah, we'll never guess injuries again. Done with that. Uh, Andy, we, we record this on Sunday nights, so you said the Chiefs play tonight. You were wrong. They play Monday night, obviously. So right. So just I just had to call you on So I think, we're, I think we're flipping back and forth on whether I'm trying to do the listeners a favor by, hey, I think they're listening to it on a Monday. Yeah. But you're right. Thanks for thanks for lifting the curtain. Now everybody knows our secret. Oh, we're not, darn it. We're not live on Monday mornings. I, we're talking about... You know, snowstorms here. Everybody knows it's happening on Sunday night. (laughs) The way this November is going, it could be snowing tomorrow, too. It's supposed to still be snowing by, like, 6 a.m., so. Snow day? Ooh, maybe. I might have to work tonight. All right, I had a mistake here. I said uh, Sherman Douglas years was 90-91 when the Bucks. I think we were talking about their record and stuff. I said it was Sherman Douglas, but that was 95-96. 90-91 was Ricky Pierce and Dale Ellis-led team. Um, so sorry I don't even that. remember that Bucks team. It's That's how bad to, that team is. It's hard is. to keep them all straight. Wasn't the that was the last time they had that good of a start, right? Was yeah, the that's early, the last playoffs, I believe. So when was the Vin For Baker that, years? In the nineties. Vin Baker was more like. I think mid, it was ninety five, ninety six ish, mid nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. Because yeah. right, he was gone by the uh, the two thousand super team that we had of the big three. Right. So he must have been mid to late 90s. Yep. Andy, um, uh, that's not really a correction, I guess. I'm just amazed on how many Grinch movies there are. So you have the the 1966 TV special, Grinch Stole, Stole Christmas. There's a Halloween Grinch Night TV special that from 77. Uh, Grinch from the 70s. Grinch's The Hat in the, Cat in the Hat. Of course, there's a musical Grinch. But then the Grinch is still Christmas in 2000 and the new one into 2018. So for, for, for the record, for the QTR record, when we say historical Grinch movies, we're going to elaborate on the original one from 1966. I think that's the one everyone knows. Jim yeah. Carrey real life crazy one. Sure. From 2000. And then the most current one. Makes sense. That's fine. I just... I was just and, looked at it and I'm like, holy! And oh, you that's saw amazing. you saw this one, right, Pete? Yes, I just saw it this weekend with my kiddos. Were you a fan? I liked it. How many thumbs up would you give it? I only have two, so I'll give it one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked it. It was it was a it was a Grinch movie. Yeah. Yeah, the kids will definitely really I think would really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that season. Time to start watching Christmas movies. Well, we went a little late with them. So, did they stay awake for the whole whole movie? Yeah, my kids stayed awake somehow. More importantly, Pete, did you stay awake? I almost passed out. I did. I stayed awake somehow. I've been staying awake really late playing Red Dead Redemption. Good, great game. Because most suggested. of my movie going memories with you, such as seeing Rogue One oh, right? in theaters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here comes the big 45-minute ending <laughs> battle scene. scene. And I look over at Pete, and he's just <laughs> snoring away, <laughs> getting a $13 nap in. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably that sleep apnea she- machine helping me out. Yeah, now you got one going for you. So There's my corrections, fellas. Well, let's move on to mail. We got two uh, questions. In the, not, not, one's the, not really a question, this first one. It's from Gabe in St. Francis. He says, hi, first-time listener, long-time UG fan. Just referring to Union Grove. Can we have a weekly Brett Favre moment? Whoa. For is he really sake? a Union Grove fan? He might be, just of you two guys in your glory days. Ugh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing to hang my what, hat on. I was going to say, what glory day do you have, Pete? <laughs> I got nothing. Pete, with all the head down tackles that now give him. Captain neck, of the football team? Yeah, I got back, back issues forever. Yeah. <laughs> Totally worth it. I took the most charges, I think, in Union Grove history. I also, I am, I am the on Urson of Union Grove, right? Yeah, I am on record as the first Union Grove basketball player to dunk 
in a live basketball game. Oh, I have that. That's oh, impressive. That. That's, pre- that's pretty impressive. Hmm. Sorry to put you on Good the spot job. now, but could you still dunk now? No. No? No, cannot. I can get rim still, mm-hmm. but the combination of coordinating, palming a ball, and getting up there, no. It gets, I just throw it off the backboard. Sounds exhausting. Yeah. As you a, give me a step stool. As someone yes. who is one foot shorter than you, I can't even imagine what dunking would be like. So I just like to hear about dunking stories. It's very thrilling. I do have one goal by the time I get out of my 30s is to dunk one, one more time. One, oh. one last time. Oh, you can film that and put it, uh, put it on Twitter. Yeah, it'll probably Maybe be some um, failed attempts too. <laughs> it'll probably be a, a, <laughs> and result in the ER with Ben Sheets. But Gabe said, uh, yeah, can we have a weekly Brett Favre moment for old time's sake? You know, back when we had a quarterback not afraid to take a shot to the chin, never threw all the bounds just because the only guy open is across the field. He says, Rodgers is good, but he isn't two bottles of Vicodin out there throwing <laughs> blocks and breaking receivers' fingers good. So, I, the reason I found this interesting, though, is <laughs> I have had the same conversation with my brother that he says... Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, but he misses Favre because Favre was more fun. Just the Packers team was more fun. Definitely, I think of like when when Rodgers throws one deep, when you're you're not worried, like you're like oh it's gonna hit the target or just be out of bounds or whatever. But when Favre threw it up and it went ninety yards up in the air and ninety yards long, yeah, <laughs> you didn't know what was gonna happen, and it was right. it was pretty fun, like, fun but it's, not fun. Especially like that Detroit game when he hit sharp across the field, like, across yeah. his body, yeah, to the for that back touchdown. corner. Oh, of the my, gosh. oh my god, yeah, yeah. It does seem Rodgers only has one interception this year, which is pretty crazy, even for Aaron to only have one. But it does seem like he when he even when he throws deep, it's not in risk of being picked off. He throws a lot of stuff to the sidelines where. Like, Devontae's going to make a great catch or it's going to be out of bounds. Favre would just whip it in the double coverage in the yeah, middle right of the field. So make a play. So, Gabe from St. Francis, be careful what you wish for because I feel like life after Aaron is going to be a poop show. A quarterback that just does what you what you want right now or does what you're saying. That double coverage, but with no positive control either. I guess so. You- I mean, are we're gonna we get a, we're gonna get the reincarnation of Jay Cutler. That's essentially, what I'm. What but I'm are at. we in a position now where Aaron Rodgers isn't going to carry us to the uh, to the Super Bowl or to playoff wins? You know, maybe maybe we're just kind of stuck in no man's land where we're not really good enough to make the playoffs. We're not really good enough. We're bad enough to tank for like a really high pick. We're yeah, just gonna I don't be know. stuck picking like things are gonna change. Yeah, it's gonna be big shake. I do have but, one yeah. five moment that I love. I I always love that. That Bears Monday night, I think it was Monday Night Football on Halloween, threw that 99-yard touchdown Robert to Brooks. Brooks. yeah. Oh, man. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Rodgers wouldn't do that. Where nobody knew if he caught it or not. Yeah. <laughs> so we got another uh, question. This one's from Karen in Sturdivant. It says, don't watch much football, but when I do, I see more kickers missing the extra point. Maybe they aren't. I don't recall seeing so many in the past. And there is a reason for that. In 2015, the extra point was moved back to the 15-yard line from the two, so it became a roughly 32, 33-yard field goal every time, so it's much less of a chip shot. So that's probably the reason that you notice it. Yeah, I have uh, little stats on this. Nine teams have hit, well, it might have it might have changed from today's game. I didn't, I didn't update my stats. Sorry yeah. about that. So nine teams have hit, hit around there. We have a corrections hit. department. To yeah. Handle it. 100% of extra points. 17 have hit 92 to 88%. And then there's 89, 88, 76, and 73 to round out the NFL. Who is hitting 73% uh, of their extra I points? I believe it's the Chargers. It has to it be. It has right? to be the Chargers. Because they've had like I, I could six check kickers back, or I'm had a revolving quick door. enough to check back. So in 2014, all but six, team, six teams all but six teams hit 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, my thoughts is I, I I don't mind it being further back. I think it's – I like the challenge of it. I think kickers should earn their money, and I laugh when kickers get cut because of extra right. points. I don't know. It's just funny to me. Sorry about kickers out there. But I think it's I think it's fun with the with – the, do I go for two? Do I do I risk going for one here because of the weather and all those kinds of so factors? So, I, no. I loved when they changed that. Just the math nerd in me, it didn't make sense statistically that – 
the success rate on two-point conversions historically had been 48%, and the success rate on extra points was over 99%. So it never made sense to go for two. The, the reason they moved it back to the 15 is they moved it back to where the make rate historically was around 96%. So now you got a 48% chance for two or 96% chance for one. So the expected point scored off of them is equal now. So yeah, they're, you're kind of basing it on team to team. If you're like the Steelers when the real first one into effect, they went for two a lot because yeah. they looked at it as we have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. We're probably even higher going for right. two. And if they're kickers, so-so, then it makes sense to encourage teams to go for it. It seems like that's died down though a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But I, I still, you still see teams go for two in weird spots. Yeah. Right. Which, I mean, there's all analytics and stuff. That's all Collinsworth could say tonight is analytics. <laughs> the Packer game was heavy on analytics. Heavy talks. analytics, obviously. Jeez. Because the analytics of your whole offensive line getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Where's that stat? Has no time. Yeah. What are the analytics on Jason Spriggs ghosting guys? How many, Not even how many seconds does the defensive end hit Rodgers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. So thank you, Gabe and Karen, for writing us out in the mailbag. Um, appreciate it. So please get your questions, comments. Uh, we try to get on the air as quickly as possible. So hit us up on uh, questionabletoreturn.com slash mailbag. Or you can click the mailbag link on our website. So moving into news, Brewers fill out their coaching staff. I don't know. Seems a little bit early to talk Brewers talk. We have winter meetings going on right now. But they filled out their uh, the three openings. Um, the pitching staff, they promote Chris Hook from within the organization to serve as the new pitching coach, and then they hire the former pitcher, Steve Carsey, as the bullpen coach. What do you guys think about that? Anything earth-shattering with that one? With baseball, it's always hard to tell because most of these guys aren't going to be household names. Uh, I do remember Steve Carsey's name coming up from mm-hmm. just the old days of fantasy, but I am glad they filled this as soon as possible, just the sooner these guys can get to work. And, you know, have time to meet with counsel and kind of go over expectations for what their roles are going to be. I think it's good to have that all squared away even before winter meetings start. Yeah, so I, I like the idea of Chris Hook promoting within. I heard he had a lot of hand, hand in some of the work with some of the young pitchers that have moved up. So hopefully he fits in nicely. Joey Logano, who put in NASCAR news? Hey, NASCAR's not that bad. Well, I, a friend of the friend of the podcast bet on uh, Joey Logano. Actually, in the beginning of the year, they went to Vegas, and he let me know he bet on Joey Logano, and he ends up winning, which is pretty awesome. You know, what what kind of odds did he get on? I, I believe it was thirteen to one. So that's that's pretty solid. Twenty dollar bet, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, those those uh those futures bets are always a great feeling if you actually hit them. So, so he's gonna have to go back to Vegas to cash in on that. I think you can. I think there's like an address you can set it on the back. So no, that's not as fun of a story. If you're not actually going back to Vegas to, to turn <laughs> go it. back to Vegas, take those Double winnings, down. put Double them all down. on red. Well, yeah, leave, there you go. Leave just rich. just walk away. Yep. And then the Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods, that was a debacle. That whole pay per view from Friday after Thanksgiving, Phil ends up winning on the 22nd hole, but Turner Sports has to refund everyone who bought the match from. Bleacher Report Live yeah, experienced guess, really bad technical difficulties. Yeah, the paywall was messing up where they had to just remove it. So everyone who came in <laughs> afterwards just got it for free. So everybody who had already paid for it was complaining then that they paid. Well, other people got it for free. So it just turned into a mess. And congrats, everyone. It was a free right. broadcast. Something we have wanted to see like 15 years ago. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess it loses I, something when it's not with their own money. Like I, I, that seemed a little bit more enticing when it, the thought was that they're actually going to put up their own bankroll. Yeah, to, I completely agree. They made a side bet for like yeah. the first hole, but yeah, I would have been much yeah, more. There's no interested. way they were paying that. That came from somebody else anyway, too. Definitely. Because <laughs> I'm like barely a golf fan, to be honest. Like I really don't care much, but. Even I was kind of interested just because, like, these guys are such big names. And this is pretty unique to just have, like, hey, we're just going to have a random one-on-one golf match, like, pay-per-view. I guess that's the age we're living in. You can put anything on a pay-per-view if you think it'll make money. Golf, Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Oh, oh, (laughs) Chuck Liddell. 
Oh, no. Jeez. Oh, that was borderline senior citizen abuse. You're going to have to listen to Ann Still about that one. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what those guys have to say about oh, it. Oh, Chuck. Chuck, I feel bad for him. He he looked... But it's not like Chuck looked that bad, too. I mean, Ortiz looked... That, that windmill, whatever the heck, roundhouse kick was so slow. <laughs> yeah. Like, that I could have knocked... I could have maybe knocked out Ortiz yeah. off that. Careful. Ortiz didn't look Careful. a whole oh, lot no, no, okay. <laughs> But Ortiz, at least, there was a little snap on his punches. A little bit, yeah. Liddell looked like he was... He looked like he was in a tank of water. That's why his punches <laughs> did nothing. Yeah. And then he just got, he just ate shots straight to the face and went down immediately. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. At least Ortiz, fought, he, he retired again. So, <laughs> yeah. thank God. Speaking yeah. of abuse, the Badgers got abused by Minnesota. So, after winning 15 straight years in Minnesota, we lose the X to those it's terrible a, gophers. It's a sad one. I guess it felt like if it was going to happen. This was the season. This makes sense. Season of injuries and yeah. So Mike, you're a betting under, man, right? You under, you brought you you you've been kind of betting against the Badgers lately. <laughs> so you, you you had to you. So I have certain rules for betting. Yes. One of my go-to rules is never bet on your own teams, because I feel like you usually are a little too emotional. Homer, yeah. Yeah. I had a four-team <laughs> <laughs> money line parlay. Parlays are great. Yes, four-team money line parlay. <laughs> Let it ride. Paid a, it paid a a dollar twenty to every dollar I bet. There's enough teams in there. I love those kind of ones where you can get even money or better. There you go. Badgers just had a win to finish that out. So I lost. Uh, I had a. I took a beating this weekend. I made a little back by betting a uh, late night Tito Ortiz. Glad <laughs> <laughs> to remind you do yeah. that. Oh. Pete reminded me late at night that that was on. I'm like, I'm gonna throw some money in. E- easy bet. Series is tied sixty sixty to eight now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It now makes it even. Yeah, this matchup that goes hard back to believe to they were. It sucks that it happened. It had to happen in Camp Randall. Oh, like, you never like to see that happen. Well, that was what the first time in uh, fifteen years or something. Oh wait, yeah. no. The first time since the, what's the quarterback? 1994. Bevel? Bevel, yeah. First time they lost oh, to Madison. In, yeah, in Camp Randall. Yeah, because yeah. the last oh, time. Oh, a long sorry, time. Fumbling my words there. The last time they had lost just overall was uh, my sophomore year of college. The Jim Sorgi-led Badgers lost in Minnesota on a last-second field goal. That's crazy. It's it's too bad. And I have been to many Axe games, so I guess I had a good run. I went to two of them in the Metrodome that were wins, including the famous blocked punt. I actually went <laughs> back and rewatched the end of that game, just how crazy it was that Minnesota blew it. Minnesota scored with 327 left in the game. They scored a touchdown to go up 34-24. Yeah. They had to be feeling like the game was in the bag then. And the Badgers came right back down and answered quick with 210 to go. They scored a touchdown to get it back within three points. And then all the Gophers had to do was run out the clock. They ran it three times with Lawrence Maroney, who had 258 yards rushing in that game. Oh, was geez. unstoppable. <laughs> he gained three, then four, then two yards and they had to punt. I oh, forgot yeah. that that team had like Maroney and Barber. That yeah. was a pretty hefty ground game. Yeah, Maroney was an absolute beast back then. And yeah. and then yeah, and then the blocked punt for the touchdown. Jonathan Casillas blocked it and recovered it. Uh, and then just for good measure, when the uh, Gophers got the ball back on the kickoff, <laughs> they uh, they fumbled it. So they didn't even get a, <laughs> they didn't even get a didn't even get a chance. That's and, great. That's and great. yeah, I was at the Metrodome. We took a. Uh, a 40 person party bus to Minnesota. Nice. Like my junior year of college. And uh, I got separated from the whole group. Oh, at, no. In like the fourth quarter. So I watched that play by myself somewhere in the Metrodome. <laughs> do you even remember it? I do remember it because I was actually planning my exit. I was thinking when the Badgers lost, it was going to be a lot of taunting. So I just wanted to get out right. of there as quick as possible. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So Good I was idea. Like, looking for my exit. And then all of a sudden they win the game on this crazy play. And I'm looking around and I'm just like, looking for random Badgers fans to celebrate with because of uh, everyone else just, it was kind of chaos. The rest of our group so, wandered away. So speaking of nostalgia, have you guys looked or seen the new of Football Life, Mike Holmgren? I did. That was great. It was a lot of interesting things. A lot of stuff I didn't really even know about him, especially his early career. I didn't know he was a quarterback for USC. I guess that was kind of one of the first interesting tidbits, part of that yep. OJ Simpson USC team. Right. 
And uh, yeah, how heavily he really was involved in the whole Montana Young uh, debate, which right because I mean he I didn't even know he was assistant coach at BYU, so he coached Young there. Kind of pressured Walsh to bring him into San Francisco. Yeah, and then I didn't realize that that whole controversy kind of went on for like three seasons. I thought it right. was more like one season, like we're ready to move on from Montana, right. but. Even the year they won a Super Bowl again with Montana. Right. Like, that was nuts. And then, like, I thought it was also interesting to see how he struggled initially when he was coaching uh, high school level until he finally made it big. And then he won a state championship where Marty Morningweg was his state championship <laughs> his quarterback. leading quarterback, which I thought that was just interesting. A lot of stuff I didn't know and how it makes a lot of sense how they're kind of interconnected even now later on. So I do recommend watching that. It's pretty pretty good uh Pretty good football life. Yeah, there's a few good Favre uh, moments in there. He knew that Favre would be so amped up to start a game, and he would throw a rocket ball. There's that famous line of "No more rocket balls, please." But Favre would be so amped up, he would have to p- make a play call to start the game that was <laughs> unlikely to be intercepted if overthrown or tipped, <laughs> because Favre would be so. Right. So he'd throw stuff to, like to the sidelines to start. And be like, there's all those typical clips, like throw it away, throw it away. Yeah, yeah, because he'd be, he'd be so fired up, and and yeah, he almost even uh, went to Brunel at one point when they right. first were starting Favre because he thought he might just be too wild to ever rein in. Well, well they took a poll of the uh, the coach's room, and the majority had Brunel. Yeah, that Favre was just too much of a wild man. But right. Hol- Holmgren yeah. said, "I'm gonna kind of hitch my career right. to you right now. We're either gonna make it together, or yeah, or lose be out together. of the league." So. And then last up, farting during dart championship causes a huge stink. Pete, what do you got with that one? <laughs> what a great headline. <laughs> Isn't it? That was my headline. But uh, this is uh, the <laughs> – I can't, I can't, I'm not going to be able to <laughs> – this, this, this is a real thing. This is real. Do I need, this to, is real. Do I need so, to read it? Um, this is the New York Post. It's a story by Laura Italiano. Nice name. So – the, the the headline reads something doesn't smell right. Farting <laughs> controversy clouds dart championship. <laughs> so I, like I, I, I like kind of want to read this article. I like it already. And then we can just have reactions to it. So two two pro dart players, and this is word for word from the article in New York Post. Is it the actual New York Post or like Post with two T's? That's not like a no actual New York clickbait, Post. Clickbait is it? NYPost.com. The New York Post is famous for getting very punny with all their oh, headlines. Yeah. So. Yeah, so two two pro dart players have accused each other of farting on stage during a match in England this week, casting casting a cloud of controversy over the heralded tournament. Nice, huh? It'll take me two nights to lose the smell from my nose. <laughs> Dutch player Wesley Arms fumed after getting blown away 10-2 by Scotland's Gary Anderson at the Grand Slam of darts. Were they at the super oh. fan viewing party or what? Oh, it was a Scott doing it too. Scott. Haggis and a kilt. Probably yeah. no underwear. That's oh, oh. heinous. Arms chalked up the foul play to a fragrant smell, which he deduced came from the Scotman's bowels. Oh, jeez. So the question here is, is this fair or foul? <laughs> <laughs> the boy thinks I've farted. He's a, a thousand ten percent wrong," said Anderson, who ranked the world's number four dart player and moved on to the quarterfinals. I swear on my children's lives that it was not my fault. I had a bad stomach once on stage before, and I admitted it. So I'm not going to lie about farting on stage. Is this though? Is this, is fair or foul? Is this crossing? A line, some imaginary line in the world of sports. Is this like using so. steroids? No. I think this is just good gamesmanship. Better out than in, I always say. So if you had to let it go, he let it go. So just to round this off, though, UK UK's professional dark corporation chairman Barry Hearn quipped and said something doesn't smell right. <laughs> this article's great. Well when I when anyway, I heard that, I I was I already thinking of like I would be eating like raw cauliflower or broccoli <laughs> like i think this is totally acceptable the like, uh so that, mean, so that means so that means when we watch packer games together you do that intentionally yeah oh yeah it's, it's definitely to throw you off your fantasy bring football game over just to maybe throw you off well there's uh there's the former o-lineman uh steve wisniewski if you remember him he used to play for the raiders they said uh one of his go-to things on game day would be to eat like polish sausage and onion Jeez. right before going on the field and then when they were lined up 
he would burp and blow it right in the D lineman's oh. face before the snap. <laughs> well played. He and wins. That's just. <laughs> I think that's just good gamesmanship. It is. I think so too. I don't. I don't think that's, that's a bad thing. You, hey, farting's not a bad thing. You have to do it. Let it out. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, I, people need to stop that's dog a and farting. Gen- genius tactic. I love it. Yeah. I love that guy. Good job. So moving on to NFL talk. Um, wrapping up last week's Rams versus Chiefs crazy game, highest scoring Monday Night Football game. And third overall game in NFL history, the combined 105 points. Wow. Do you guys like this kind of, this world of the NFL where scoring is just insane? Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I love it. Yeah. I'm the game was really sloppy. It was. There's a lot of turnovers. I mean, several defensive A couple of defensive touchdowns were just the guy just took it from the quarterback. Yeah. Right. It was pretty, pretty impressive. But though it was great to see how. Uh, like the Rams finally figured out how to stop Mahomes. You just make them throw what a hundred times. Yeah, you're bound to throw interceptions. Eventually, some yeah, some picks come. Like I'm someone who those probably last two, those last two possessions were horrible for him. Yeah. Like, oh, I was man. just like, wow. I'm someone who probably likes uh, defensive battles like more than Me most. Too. I just love in the in a game that's like six to three, as painful as that can be to watch. I like when every play is like it's so important. If you gain like ten yards, it feels like a huge win. But at the same time. Seen a hundred points scored in a game total, and a team score fifty and lose. Like it's just never been done before, so it's great. I'm all for it then. In a game that was that close, but yet the score was so high, I still thought watching that back that LA's defense looks substantially better than Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas Kansas City's defense has struggled all year, right? And I don't know why, because I feel like they both performed pretty well defensively. It, it just seems... looked that, like the Rams got home more. They were pr- pressuring a little bit more on Mahomes. Maybe it was more from relativity. I, I remember the last few seconds or the last quarter of the game more so than the whole game in, in total. But I'd have to find some stats to back this up. But I kind of feel like when a team is such a crazy, like fast-paced, high-scoring offense, they almost always have trouble on defense. Like it's almost like the the offense is going so fast and scoring so quick that the D like, yeah, they get never no gets rest, a breather. Yeah. And it just seems like you're kind of just doomed to have like a bad D, which is weird because especially the Rams seem to have a fair amount of talent on right. their D. But yeah, I don't know. And plus, there's a good way for them to end now because I have a, a few of them on my fantasy team spread across the three teams that I have. And it was a bad week for them now to be on a bye. And if we can step into Mike's gambling corner for another second, <laughs> the over-under on that game was 63, mm-hmm. the highest since 1986. People still pounded the over. Pounded I think it. close to 70% of bets were on the over. And I mean, it hit the over Easily. Like, Easily. Like quickly. Yeah. And like Vegas just... Vegas lost. Good. time. Yeah, not that you can feel too sorry for them. So Mexico must have loved that game. I mean, that overseas game. They got a really good game, at least. Yeah, it was all the way across the pond all in Mexico. All the way across the pond in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> or in L.A. So where are we at, Pete, with Heinz Watch? Ooh, Heinz Watch. Uh, do, 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 do. Mahomes, <laughs> he threw six touchdowns in that game, so he's at 37. He's 20 away with, uh, let's see, uh, five games, I believe. Yeah. Five games left. So that's four per game. It Can is he do doable. it? I was saying I didn't think he would, and then he has a six-touchdown game. It's it's still in reach. Catch-up for life. Right. The, worth it. I think the, That's awesome. the thing that could be working against him the most was the Steelers lost today. Yes. So that does give them a cushion, right? Or, um, or the Patriots are still right there. It kind of depends on what I think happens. the Patriots have three losses or they have three losses. They have three, so they are only one so, game behind the Chiefs, and they so own the tiebreaker. Because yeah. Steelers would be two games, right, because of the tie? They have that stupid tie. Right. So I guess it all comes – I think it's all going to come down to do the Chiefs need to win, like, week 17. Right. right. So that's really what it will be. But he can throw six touchdowns in a game and take away two from a game, That's I guess. true. Anyway. Heinz watch. Coming to you weekly now. Right. And how about the Packer game today? Lose to the Vikings in Minnesota. It kind of feels like about what I expected, I guess. I don't know if I'm really like too disappointed. It's, the Packers actually started out playing pretty well, almost better than I expected. 
Devonte Adams had a really nice play. That nice, yeah, that catch was awesome. It was kind of Jordy esque. Yeah, but he, uh, he was just kept running. Yeah, he caught did the, it like behind him and just ran. He right did in the back goal. shoulder catch, but spun around and just kept running right in the corner of the end. Yeah, zone. but that was like a great sequence of runs and passes in that whole series, and it just kind of disappeared. Yeah, everyone's been critical of McCarthy and said, you know, where's the new wrinkles on offense? Well, we had the uh, the end around, end around, yeah, to uh, was it. St. Brown. St. Brown, yep. That was new. And, and then they had the fake end around screen. Yes, and the screen. Jones was Jones. a touchdown, right? I believe. Jones scored a rushing touchdown. He did score a rushing touchdown. But so I think speaking of touchdowns, though, I celebrations are getting ridiculous. You're not a fan of those? No. <laughs> you didn't like them doing the limbo? <laughs> no. Come on. I, it's I taking too long. They need a time limit. Put a put a timer up <laughs> so that they like, like ten seconds. Yeah, and then you have to be gone. But once it's over, you lose the touchdown. That, you lose the points. That one was kind of ridiculous, but I also kind of loved it, even though it's against the Packers. The crazier they get, the more I'm in on them. Yeah, I don't know the whole the whole defensive defensive like interceptions and stuff. It's like the same thing. Them them taking pictures in the end zone. Yeah, the defense anyway, needs to step their I game up. I just had to bring that up because that's just driving me nuts. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was another week more of the same. I, I, I get. I don't know if it's just lack of expectation now, so that we were they exceed expectation in the first half. But I don't know. I, I still feel the mismanagement. I know McCarthy complained that the refs didn't place the ball quick enough on that fourth and what was it? Fourth and two, two I believe. Yeah, or fourth and inches. Maybe yeah, it was even less than that. Fourth and inches. Yeah, yeah. Which caused Jones them a second it. half timeout. But I mean, they placed the ball twenty-seven seconds. And so, I like I I do like going for it there. But yeah, I, I don't mind the call, but But I do wonder is do we ever run QB sneaks? I don't know. And like in his presser, he talks about there were two plays for that that particular situation that they ran fourth and inches. And he claimed that in hindsight he would have rather gone with the other one. No kidding. Well, yeah. yeah. I would have gone obvious. Not gone with the one that didn't work. Third just, straight week Captain Obvious in the I just wonder, though, it seems like Tom Brady and the Patriots have mastered the QB sneak where it, it works so many times that Brady runs it. And I can't even think of us running QB sneaks with Rodgers. No. I don't think we get enough push to even consider doing that. It just seems like with injuries. to only need inches and you're snapping the ball, you need the quarterback to fall forward like a foot for a first down. It seems like you should be able to it get that. It seems pretty simple, like a quick it, snap. Yeah. Like it, it's been done in the past and it's worked well, a lot. The the Vikings, Vikings used, did it. Yeah. Used to sneak on us today that gained like four yards. Right. I don't know. I I'm not mad about the call. I give it to Jones. I gave it to Jones a lot more today. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. Tremont falls down like Chuck Liddell <laughs> yeah. on that touchdown. That one touchdown. God. Yeah. Tremont the, got all spun around. It's and like just after fell that down. first maybe quarter or so. I think it was about after the first quarter. Like that defense, just they got no pressure. They blitzed right. everybody, but they never got to Cousins. It just was, yeah. Cousins just kind of diced them with having so much time back there, and that's that's it, where they lost the game. It you became, got injuries to Bryce, and King was not playing, yeah, and all that, these guys. That Bryce were out. hit was nuts. Oh yeah, Bryce got hurt twice in the why? game. Bryce? Why? Why do you again? They teach it all the time, and it's more. It's the same same story. It's for your protection too. Why are you torpedoing with your? Because when you're that yeah. little, like I used to be, that small. That's why. That's just what that's you the, have to do. You know, Gabe. <laughs> I don't know. It's Gabe just was. Game. Uh, I don't know. Gabe was saying, big fan of UG. He's talking about the Pete head down, head down tackle. spear tackles. <laughs> yeah, head up, head up tackle. He basically did jamming that. your neck tackle. Yeah. yeah, he basically did it to himself, Bryce. It's, yeah, it's he knocked not, himself out of the yeah. game. Right. But oh, I, that was so brutal. I don't know. The whole in the second half, they lose everybody. Yeah. Davis gets hurt. Lane Taylor, and then Bach. What what's up with his knees? Like it seemed like a pregame thing. Well, as we found out, all of them are questionable to return. There we go. But yeah, it, they had a questionable fourth and inches. Of course, in the second, we all talked about that. I don't know. Vikings yep. finally hit a field goal against the Packers. They finally did after missing two. But once Bach went out, it I just seemed felt like, like it was over. We're not going to. The come next back. play, like Spriggs was Daniel, just a gate. Daniel Hunter going <laughs> yeah, out so there. Daniel Hunter. You feel for Rogers at that point. Ran right by him. He faked like he was going wide outside, and then just took a quick step inside. It was like Tim Hardaway killer crossover. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> Spriggs was almost just like breaking his ankles, falling over as 
Uh, Hunter just came up the middle. The Packers used seven blockers on that first play after Bach got hurt. They had uh, Jamal Williams yeah. to the left of Rodgers, and they had Kendricks on the line, and the, they got overwhelmed. The seven Hunter. blockers got overwhelmed. <laughs> That was by like four rushers. I got to admit, after that happened, I gave up on the game. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. I have nothing else for the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, we knew it was, it was over so, at 17 to 14, I believe. So my one, my only one shining moments, if you will, or shining view of the game was I spent a lot of time watching Clay. Clay looked a lot better this game. Now, I know he missed some tackles and things like that, but he got – I feel like he got home more frequent and he was there to make – some, a couple of big plays, and he caught a couple of the runs behind, guess, behind the line a few times. Yeah, I guess a lot of times with Clay, it's like, is he going to guess right? Because he takes chances going inside or outside, and then sometimes the running back hits that hole that he makes by himself. But it seemed like this time he he actually hit the right the right zones and got like nice tackles and stuff. Because he yeah. did make some nice plays on Cook. I, I've yeah. Never seen, so. Do you think there's any chance Clay is back Zero. next year? If Zero. If, though... Would he ever agree to play for like almost veteran minimum? No, because I would take. But him. what is he gonna get on the open market? Yeah, the guy doesn't I, sack anybody anymore. That's why I was wondering. He's not a difference maker like he used to be. When I, you see, I don't know. He might accept a low, a low pay. When you see little flashes of him like that, I think he could still be a useful vet at a cheap, cheap price. But yeah, he probably would never take that because that's the only way I think he could ever. I be guess back. it, it knowing, would come down to knowing, who, who fills his spot though. Knowing the GMs of this league and the teams of this league, there's somebody that's going to overpay for him. That's true. The Raiders. <laughs> I don't know who it might be. Somebody will. Somebody's going to bring him in and pay him more than what what we think. Patriots will. He's He'll get worth. like 12 sacks. Yeah, and I guess a team would probably, though, well, you never know. A lot of teams are dumb. But if you gave him a deal where it's kind of like they can get out after one year, he makes... You know, probably more money than he should in year one, and it's kind of like you have to prove it to not be cut before year two. True, but, yeah. but otherwise he's gone. It's it's going to be a changing of the guard. Nick Perry's definitely, I think, played his last game with the Packers. Be, That's a lot so, of money so, to eat. <laughs> yeah, it was it's kind of funny about even like the, some of the reaction outside of local Green Bay. They're still talking about glimmer of hope for Packers postseason. I'm like, this is done. R-E-L-A-X, the table, all that stuff. None of that is happening this year. No. There's there's none of that. I think it's going to be more of an O-V-E-E-R. Yeah. I mean, you got Seahawks, Panthers ahead of them, Redskins ahead of them, even though without, we don't know what they are, but there's a lot of teams ahead of them. Now Minnesota's ahead of them. It's kind of people just need to accept the fact that the Packers are like the tenth best team in the NFC this year. Yeah, that's just right. the way it is. We're not we're not a playoff team. Yes. Again, the only four letter word to explain the Packers season is O V E R. Yeah. From here on out, I'm just looking for stuff to get me excited about the future, like Aaron Jones. Yeah. So if you, Kenny Clark, guys like let's, that. Let's let's keep this exciting. Let's talk about the exciting team in Wisconsin. Bucks. 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 Now you're talking. So, so lead it, well, I'll lead in this, this segment. Um, to kick off Thanksgiving break, um, my daughter had a sleepover. My wife went to help um, her side of the family kind of prepare for the Thanksgiving feast for the evening. So I thought it was a good time for me and the boy to take a gander at what type of Bucks tickets were available. And surprisingly, we got a great deal on some right at midcourt, 15 rows up for the game against portland the nice. absolute demolishing right of the, was of the, the then number 43. one seed they're the number one seed in the west at that point it didn't yeah. look like it and did Pash- not look like it one bit Pashki's birthday by yeah, the way we, we got to see like it was funny um my son thought it was funny that he got served cake and was wondering if the whole stadium was going to get cake uh nope. I, what about pie <laughs> Pie would have been better choice. Superior pie. So, what is your what is your review of the Pfizer forum? So it was it was our the, first the FISFO? Yeah, our first, FISFO. it was our first FISFO? take of the of the Pfizer <laughs> forum. Um, posted a couple of pictures and stuff on social media. It, it was fantastic. It was the the stadium was incredible. I was there at the opening of Miller Park, and that was incredible too. 
but this was by far better. This stadium is in, is almost, and I hate to say it, it almost feels too good for the like, city of Milwaukee. I don't want to sound like derogatory. It just seems really high tech. It seems really elegant. It, it seems like a stadium you'd normally go see freshly built on one of the coasts. So they did a fantastic job. The amenities were great. Getting in was super easy. I mean, the seats were, and I'm a, and I'm a big guy. I'm I'm six five, and I remember hating going to the Bradley Center to watch any type of sporting events because the the seats were so close. Because it was built yeah. more for hockey, and the like seats were comfortable, good like good spacing. I don't, I don't think there's a bad seat in that whole stadium to be honest. Even the upper deck seats, we took a glimmer, took a glimpse up that way, and it was those were good seats too. It was good. So you're giving this a. a you have to big, go. You, you have think, to go. Yeah, you think this is a big success. I was actually. I, we're all overdue for actually going to the Pfizer Forum. Definitely. Uh, I was going to go a couple weeks ago and it didn't work out. But yeah, I'm glad someone's finally been there now to see it in person. So we should bring a game maybe over the holiday break to go. Because I mean, they, they have tickets. You can get some pretty good deals on some of the aftermarket sites. But. Yeah, it was really good. And we ended up picking a fantastic game that they actually killed Portland. Yeah, that really wasn't a game from the start. They just demolished them. Yeah, Lillard and McCollum only had like meaningless 44 points in that game. Giannis nearly triple-doubled in that game. They had 72 points yeah, in the he, paint. Yeah, he didn't even play the whole fourth. Man, they, they, they've been dominating. They went 4-2 and two on the homestand. I think that's something that... I, I wish they would have went undefeated, honestly. But they played right. some tough teams. That they lost to the Suns, but that's right. the that's one. A, that's a back-to-back. I I think they were looking ahead, maybe. And the Suns really played well in that game. I, they didn't really. They shot very well, and the Bucks just defense didn't shine in that game. So, yeah, they just they seemed just a little off the whole game, and that was a game especially where the three-point shots just they were not falling. Right. And somehow though they they only shot twenty-two. 0.7% from three that game, but they still did not hit their season low for three-pointers made. They made 10 of them. Their low is uh, is nine in a game on the season. So that wasn't even the fewest three-pointers they made. That is, though, the game where Brooke Lopez went 0 for 12. 0 for 12. And I love, though, that... NBA record. <laughs> I love, though, that <laughs> Coach Bud, his, uh, his response to that was, I loved it. He said, I love that he had the confidence to keep <laughs> shooting right? even when you're that cold. So, that is their philosophy. Shoot Just, to get hot. Yeah. Yeah, first first play uh, drawn up against the Spurs was Lopez, Lopez. three pointer. Yeah. He hits it. Yeah, and he his, looked. He looked his, so relieved. His after reaction that. was great. Yeah. Well, the Bucks got off to a big start in that game, and they uh, they kind of were down most of the game after that. They the Spurs came back, and it looked like it was going to be a, their first, you know, back to back loss possibly. But right. but they came back late in that game. Brogdon had a huge game. I felt he hit some big threes and. Wilson hit a big three late I, too. So I love that this team. You never feel it doesn't matter what the deficit actually is. You never feel like they're out of it. Right. Definitely, they go on a big run usually one once or twice a game. Yeah, I felt like uh, the Spurs game was the Bucks kind of just hit them in the mouth. They came out running oh, and yeah. they got built up that lead. And then I think the Spurs realized we kind of have to try to run with them. We're not slowing it down. It ended up being surprisingly high scoring you don't usually think of spurs games being like that but DeRozan was running and then in the end though yeah uh brogdon made some nice plays bledsoe made some nice plays and of course Giannis, like down the stretch just yeah. to ice the game away you know a lot of the it. fans were freaking out after the suns game and the 0 for 12 and they were lopez can't shoot and you know the bucks kind of said r-e-l-a-x oh we do have a wisconsin team that can yes. say that stuff so the bucks the Bucks they really showed in that game, and and they they rounded off that homestand where I wanted them. They're yeah right right second in the East right now, you know. So, but but they're they're what eleven point point differential. That's incredible. Like the, yeah. the tops in the in the NBA, they're tops in points scored. Their defense has gotten a little bit worse in points scored, but that's because I think teams are just trying to keep up with them. Yeah, like it's amazing. You look at the shot chart of this team, and it's just like red hot. In the restricted area. <laughs> yeah. And Giannis is just getting dunks, but he's not getting like easy like rebound dunks. Right. He's making his own dunks and making people look silly because of the three-point shooting. You have to so, respect that three-point shooting. So, so he has an open lane like every time. So that's one thing I, I do recommend. Everybody needs to see him in person. 
The yeah. TV does not do him justice at all. The amount of ground he can cover. I mean, he looks great on TV. I am but yeah, I, that I, was that was the. It was probably one of the greater dad moments. And even I was I was in awe of him. But a couple of the plays where he just came like a gazelle, like very smooth play, and just dunked in the face. I, I can't remember who it was well, on the on the he on dunks Portland. In everybody's it's face. So Is it Joker or whatever that guy? Cunningham. Jokic. Oh, I think it was Jokic. Denver. That's Denver. Nurkic is uh, Nurkic. Nurkic. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking I got it all. All these games kind of mixed up in my head. Yeah, so he dunked over him, and all of a sudden, like, my son just looks at me, and he just has these wide eyes, and he goes nuts. Absolutely insane. Because Giannis is is a guy. Like, he's a huge fan of him. So it was just. That's something that your son's going to really remember for the rest of his life. Right. Just that moment that he really started loving basketball, maybe. Because Giannis is really changing the way people view milwaukee i feel we have to keep the guy like he's just amazing he He is is getting better and better i never thought after last year what he did he would be better he is getting better and better he's making everybody around him better it's it's pretty amazing what he's doing to make this more of a team too he's not all for himself he's not mm -hmm. scoring 30 a game he's scoring 20 something but he's getting rebounds he's getting assists he's doing everything possible to win this year and you can just see it well, you mentioned, you know, that their shot chart is like all threes, and then you always hear points in the paint. But it, like you said, it's the restricted area. It's not just the paint. Everybody it's, knows it's, what the restricted area is. Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. dotted line where you can't have a charge. Yeah, right. right. That's where Underneath that's where the basket. It's not like they dribble into the paint and take like baby hook shots. It's all just like dunks. Dunks. That's right. monster that's, dunks. That's like, why their shooting percentage in the paint is so high. It's really just dunks. Is is Giannis the best ever at dunk getting dunks i don't know know. that'd be something you have to look at because you look at what shaq did like he would just turn on a guy and dunk maybe shaq but it just it does seem though like Giannis is scoring at such an amazing clip and he can't shoot threes i said oh he can't shoot i said henson was the only guy in this team who can't shoot threes i meant Giannis. who's that's something maybe we need to look at is he's shooting 11 percent from three-point land he He was a 37 34 percent i believe last year he upped so. it from seven. He was at seven percent earlier. I mean, on the I homestand. want him just to shoot, though. I think the problem with him is he goes and he kind of gets hesitant, and then he'll shoot. Where he just needs to be right. flowing, like and yeah. Just we could, the ball. You can tell it's it. on his mind, and he's like, "I need, to, I need to shoot this." Because I don't know if were you at the Bucks game early, early enough to watch some of the shoot around. No, we were. We got there a little bit late. We missed tip off. Okay, we were there within a minute. Because if you watch Giannis in a shoot around. He doesn't look bad just, you know, in rhythm, right. just catching the ball and shooting. And you'll see him make like five, six threes in a row. And you think like, oh, he could be a three-point shooter. But there is something about in a game, yeah, he overthinks it or he it's hesitates. Like He's, he just doesn't, right. yeah. And he doesn't have a bad shot too. Like he has a nice-looking shot now. And he doesn't have the deli shot. Like it's not like, oh, he shouldn't, like Ben Simmons shouldn't be shooting at all. Right. I mean, he has it's, a nice-looking shot. He just... He it does seem like Giannis is... A little too is, long, a little too strong. Maybe he needs to stop eating. Well, and it seems like his... <laughs> well, he, he bulked up for this season. Well, yeah, so, that, mean, maybe that's a bit diff, big difference. His body has changed a lot. It takes a while for that to actually come back up. It seems like, too, a lot of the threes he takes is he'll catch the ball like behind the arc, and then the defender will take a step back, like daring him to shoot a three, and then he's like, oh, oh yeah, now you, you, you want me to shoot a three? And then he'll put one up. <laughs> Whereas like he needs more just to find what his go-to is, is if it's catch and release or pull up your dribble and shoot instead of just like standing there hesitating and like, Oh, you want me to shoot this three? How about this? Oh, air ball. You're right. (laughs) But it's, it's really just gotten me to buy into this team more and more is that I don't mind that. I don't mind him missing threes. This, the the way this team's run and way coach, Bud has it going. I don't care. It's, it's kind of amazing. Like he, and it's amazing how they shoot threes and they'll all retreat back. They'll all get back on defense. They'll play defense. Like it doesn't matter. Like you have one guy down low Plus, you also have Brogdon and, and Bledsoe who can really create. Oh, yeah. Bledsoe's been really solid. We have kind yeah. of have to talk about him and maybe right. possibly being an all-star. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's probably good. fourth fourth best point guard in the league. I think he uh, he has... He had, he had 10 assists against the Spurs. I mean, yeah. that was good. He's so, dishing the ball around. Player efficiency rating, I don't know if you guys kind of know about that. It yeah. kind of rates the overall rating of the players per minute statistic, statistical production. That's every statistic, I believe. Uh, so league average is about 15. So Kemba Walker is 25, Kyrie is 23, Lowry is 20, and then Bledsoe is 20. So he's fourth in the league in po- for point guards, I guess, quote-unquote. 
because uh, there's positionless basketball now in the NBA. But I, those those three guys ahead of him are all stars. So I guess does will he get paid by the Bucks? Will he not get paid by the Bucks? He's playing his butt off. I think he's just he, yeah, the he's way def- he drives and kicks and yeah, he's definitely making a case for himself. Yeah, I, I know. Early in the season, I had even said I thought he was gone because Bledsoe and Divincenzo would be our backcourt next year. But the way Bledsoe's playing, he he certainly is pushing for earning another contract. I think you meant Brogdon. I think you meant Brogdon on that first bird. Did I did I say Bledsoe? I'll correct you so, now. Yeah, it's okay. Because the, the, the backcourt's going to be Bledsoe. It's going to be Brogdon and Divincenzo next. There you go. There you go. Well, you never. It's going to be. Like, Wait, we'll start over. It's going to be Machado and Divincenzo okay. in the backcourt next year. Yeah, but it's it'll I'm, be. It'll, I'm good for that once an episode. But honestly, sure. it will be interesting. He he makes 15 million this year. Uh, Kyrie, Kemba, uh, Dragic, and Bledsoe are potentially the point guards, the best point guards available next season. Um, so he could get paid by some team, but I don't know. Maybe he wants to stick with this team though. Maybe he will accept less money. Maybe. The team can figure it out to fit him in with Middleton because Middleton actually has a player's option, I believe. Which there's no way he takes. Them. And we're getting into to tough territory here right. because the NBA cap system is, is a, very it's the most difficult to understand. I tried to get it to understand it before we started this podcast, and it's nearly impossible. So yeah, I guess yeah. just enjoy what we got now. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Because we yeah, we will have some tough decisions to make at the end of the year, but we'll worry about that then when we're defending champions. Definitely. Anyway, wrapping up Buckstock, I have to do make a shout out to Christian Wood. He looked amazing. My son and I loved watching him play and he looked rather well. It looked natural playing and it was fun to watch some of those guys in the fourth quarter. So I know my 8-year-old is a huge fan of him now. So I actually tweeted him after the game and things like that. So we're waiting to see if we ever if we get a tweet back from him. But it it was fun to watch some of those guys who don't usually get a chance to to play much, and then watch the the starting guys that play all the time get so excited to watch them um, do what they do. So I just want to make a quick shout out to them. Maybe next stop is to see uh, Christian Wood with the herd next time. Uh, next time he's sent for a little little tune up in the G League. So the Bucks uh, Monday have Charlotte. They're at Charlotte Wednesday. Chicago comes back again, and then uh, Saturday they go to Dem- to go to not Denver. They're done with Denver. Done with Denver. Swept. No them. more Denver. Yep. Uh, New York. So the one thing I'm kind of worried about is their depth on the bench. Steven Tenzo, Ilyasova sat out with knee soreness. Um, we'll kind of see. I don't like to see Deli and Brown out there a lot. Yeah. Brown Brown played really well against the Spurs though, and he played late. So, but I just. He, I, I, I really love what DiVincenzo does on defense, and Ilyasova needs to be in there at all maybe times. Maybe Christian Woods should play <laughs> right. a little more. Well, right, yeah. I, he wants He's to be just like Giannis, too, and they have like a battle going on. So that's kind of interesting to to see that aspect, too, during the game when he gives mean faces to, to Giannis. But. <laughs> Sterling plays well. I just think he has some very, I don't want to say it, taserable He's qualities <laughs> about him. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's got some growth. Like he, he has some selfish qualities. Like he gets yeah. into the game. I feel like he he. There's sometimes like, he should pass. You can see it. Yeah. No, I I get it. Looks like he has tendencies to get his, and he has to realize that he is not. Right. Not yet. He's not. <laughs> he's not the leader Middleton. of this team. So. <laughs> Before we uh, exit out of here, we got we want a quick review of the fantasy draft that we had for Thanksgiving Day. Who won, guys? Oh, I lost Andy. track. Andy so, again. So, so wait, now so something wait, wait, wait. happened here. So there's a couple things that we want to cover. Um, shortly after we drafted, Carrion Johnson, who I drafted as one of my running backs, was mm-hmm. was out. Um, and I think shortly after, a couple days later, we found out Mitch Trubisky for Pete right. was out. And in the app, you can swap before the game starts. Sure. So. so but But to be fair. We did reach out and ask if it was okay. Definitely, if you guys, we didn't ask you guys, but we asked each other. Right, and it was a, for the sake of competitiveness. Mike gave his blessing, and we, and we swapped him out. Thank you, Mike. Just this one time, okay. I didn't want for the, empty, for I didn't the, want an empty victory. You know for what? the record, I didn't need it. Yeah, honestly, I 
didn't matter. I suck at fantasy anyway, so... Well, my strategy of Julio Jones and Michael Thomas being far in the way the best wide receivers played that day was wrong. It was wrong. It turned out it was Amari Cooper. <laughs> yes, Amari <laughs> Cooper brought it home for me. John Gruden is reverse Midas. Everything he gives away turns to gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amari Cooper's going to get a mega contract, and Khalil Mack will end up being like defensive player of the year. What is Mark Davis doing with that team? Ugh. <laughs> anyway, Andy, you did win 105 points you had. You're up to 10 now. Yes. So on this, I just started thinking about where I want to go. So Mike, you had 105. I had 31. <laughs> 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 so it is so, now 10 to 6 to 2 is the score in yes, the standings. Right. Definitely. We'll look to our midweek podcast to draft next week's fantasy team. So look forward to that. Is there anything else to wrap up before we, we take off? I think that I think that covers everything. It's now time to gear up for Christmas. Get the shovels ready. Yeah, I'm gonna have a hurt back after this one tonight. I don't know. I'm kind of worried. We didn't. We have no windows where we're at, so I'm kind of worried to see <laughs> what's out there right now. We're Man, in the QTR. Stopped. We're in the QTR podcast studio, which of course you know we block off the windows. Yeah, we don't want to seclude ourselves. Yes. You know, really be in the moment. All right. So we look forward to talking to you guys later this week. Keep the questions, comments coming at our mailbag. Questionable2Return.com/slash/mailbag. Social media. Facebook.com slash questionable to return. Twitter, Q to return. You can reach me, Andy, at Andy9man on Twitter. Mike? I'm at Mike R. Daly. Pete? At P. Cozy Jr. Keep giving us those five star reviews. They mean a lot. They help us out. If you don't want to give us a five star review, find another podcast to give that crappy review to. Other than that, thanks for listening. We're out. Time to go to sleep like Chuck Liddell. Where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow, the snow.